Hey, hello, you're about to enjoy Rich Shag's Lesser Square Theatre podcast. If you do like this show, it is free. You can pay us back in lots of different ways. One is to come and see me on tour. My show, Lord of the Dance Settee, is on tour right through January through to May 2015. I am coming to Northampton, Colchester, Ellsbury, Exeter, Cheddar. That's the big one. That's what everyone wants to see. Uh, Nottingham, Wolverhampton, Salford, Chorley, Brighton, Crawley. Made at Canterbury, Reading. That one always sells out. It's a tiny little venue. Book ahead. Didcot, that sells well as well. That's going to be a great two days in the middle of March. Winchester, Bristol, Newcastle, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Chesterfield, Norwich, Birmingham, Southend, Aldershot. That always sells out as well. Cambridge, Shoreham-by-Sea. Really? Fucking hell. I'd go anywhere, wouldn't I? Uh, Cardiff, Bath, Andover, New Greenham Arts, uh, Worthing Forest Arts. I like any arts centre I'll go to. Portsmouth, Harlow, Bristol again, Monmouth, Shrewsbury, Stockton-on- Tees, Leeds, Peterborough, London, London, Taunton, Swindon, Borden. That's not even a place. That's in uh, Lord of the Rings. And Red Hill. Uh, go to richtang.com slash gigs. You can see details of all of those. If you enough of you come to see that, I can then afford to do these things for free. Or you can go to gofasterstrike.com slash badges and make a little donation to keep us going. Anyway, enough of that. Let's enjoy this week's guest on Rich Tang's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's part of the 200 Club on Pointless. Why didn't I say Joe Dolce? It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as some of the cool kids have started to call it, Rahalastapa. That's what they're calling it now. Uh, so uh, I've been on tour uh, this week, uh, the week of the recording. It's been, uh, it, was, it was Halloween this week. I hope you all uh, had your pumpkins filled up and ready to go. No, you can't just do a pumpkin at the last minute. You have to prep. You and four friends have to prep for quite some time. But I hope you had a, a spooky Halloween. I was in Loughborough. Uh, in Halloween, which some people don't think is a real place. But that is uh, is actually a town that I lived in for four years, from 1972 to 1976. Uh, I was quite young then, I will give you that. It's the town where... Um my current tour, Lord of the Dance Settee, that is where I, that, the title that comes from. It was at Emmanuel School, and I can remember being in assembly and thinking those are the lyrics to Dance Dance Wherever You May Be for I Am the Lord of the Dance Settee. That's what I thought the, the lyrics were. It's also, that was the school where the Naughty Dog uh, came into being when I pooed my pants. Uh, well, I was an infant, right, okay, and uh, I pooed my little tiny shorts, and then rather, I thought I could get away with it. I was wearing little red tiny shorts. I pooed, they were full of poo, and I thought I could get away, I can see out the three hours till home time with poo in my pants. And so when everyone went, what's that smell? I go, there's a naughty dog outside. He's... And then every time, oh, that dog's back. But the, uh, the ruse was up when part of the shit slipped out of my trousers onto the floor. It was hard to, I could have been like, oh, the naughty dog has come in and done a very human looking piece of excrement. So it was nice to be back in Loughborough after all this time. Uh, but I think they've, in the interim, I left in 1976, I think they were so upset that I left that they've kind of frozen it in time as a memorial to me. Because nothing is different than 1976. It was exactly, uh, it's like, it was, I felt very much like Gary Sparrow traveling back. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, so I thought, well, I'll have... I went to the first pub and got off with the first barmaid I saw. And the, the beauty of it is it's two different time zones. My wife could never find out what I did. Uh, it was seriously one of the, I'm just so glad I left... No offence to anyone listening in Loughborough, but I don't think they have the internet there, so I think we'll be fine. <laughs> the first thing I saw in Loughborough was a heavily pregnant woman smoking, which I... I have not seen for a long, long time. It's the night. It was a beautiful place. I had a lot of affection for it as well as thinking it. I, I did. A, I was in Cafe Nero, which I was surprised they had one of those. But I think that might be the vortex by which you. It was, it was actually a Costa. I tell a lie, uh, and uh, uh, which is a bit more old-fashioned. And uh, I did a fart in Costa, and it was quite a bad fart. It really smelled bad. But I realised I had slightly improved the smell of Loughborough overall. <laughs> Um, uh, and uh, well, I went to, I forgot to say this, but me and my wife went to Highgate uh, Cemetery uh, which uh, l- last weekend, which is a very I- interesting thing to do. You should uh, try it out. The, the grave of Karl Marx is there. Also, the real grave of Karl Marx is there. He's got two graves. 
I don't know if you know this, there's the official one with his big head on the top of it, and then there's his first one, because he became posthumously more famous than he was, and that is the worst kind of fame, posthumous famous. <laughs> don't get any of the benefits, and you are dead. My first, there was Douglas Adams's grave, which is kind of weird to see that, you know, you kind of think it's all going to be old people from the past, but that was quite a shocking thing to see, but it's quite nice, because it's got a little uh, jar at the front with people with biros that people have put in there as a tribute to him, which is a nice... Uh, thing and the, but my favourite though was the uh, grave of Patrick Caulfield, which uh, he's an artist I hadn't heard of before. But his grave just has the word "dead" uh, written, <laughs> which I quite like because that is you know that is what you no one most people go oh he's asleep oh he's just resting not Patrick Caulfield dead just in big cavaliers. It's honest, isn't it? And it was quite striking. And, you know, that is good because I didn't know anything about him before, but now I really like him. And every time anyone sees that for 100 years, they're going to laugh. And that is a good thing. To, and I said to my wife, one day, you know, we might be dead. And maybe someone will be walking past our grave. She said it probably wouldn't happen. So it's going to be all right. Let's hope not. Uh, so well, I've been trying to think of a good uh, epitaph. I might ask my guests about that. Who knows? Uh, I, haven't, I thought of a really good epitaph. And then I, and I thought, oh, I must remember that. And then I forgot what it was. So I think I might mark my epitaph. He forgot what his epitaph was. He had a good one and he forgot it, which is quite a good one. But I don't think it's as good as the one I forgot. Anyway, I, we will crack on. Uh, our first guest uh, tonight uh, is probably best known as Heat Magazine's weird crush of the year 2011. That is what he's mainly known for. Will you please welcome Richard Osman, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is, Richard Osman. Come on in, Richard, sit down. Pull up a microphone. Oops. There's water here. Hello. Hello. Uh, How are you? I'm, I'm not so bad, actually. I'm feeling quite... I've been quite tired, generally, in speaking, doing these, and I feel all right this week. Last time I saw you, you were virtually in tears. Because uh, well, <laughs> you played so badly at Pointless. I did play very badly. I, I, very, very, I was very, very upset. My, I am coming back on Pointless, celebrities. Oh, I'm looking my, forward to that. And my, <laughs> my wife genuinely said I might not... I might leave for the week because I was I came I came back I was I was quite good for about four or five hours but the next day I was almost suicidally depressed. <laughs> have, have any contestants killed themselves after being pointless yet? Uh, they haven't. I mean, no. I, would, I would think, given your performance, you would be the closest. But, uh... <laughs> it was very very upsetting. It took me a long time to be able to laugh at all again. <laughs> Let alone... Even now, you're not really laughing. I'm not really laughing. I'm very, very upset. Yeah. And so I am quite nervous. But it was... It, I actually got to the point where two days after I thought, this is so stupid that I'm this upset about mm. it, that I have to change the way I look at my life and my general, oh, and my general competitiveness. So I'm hoping that... Well, I'm glad we helped. But then when it went out, that must have been terrible. <laughs> it was, but I was, I was on tour. As I was, I've missed it. I haven't watched it. Have you not? Or no. you should. <laughs> People were tweeting me, but not as much as I thought they would. I thought, I thought it would good. be just a Well, camp you weren't really on long enough for people no. to tweet you. <laughs> it was very upsetting. And when you looked at the line-up, though, that was the, you know, if you'd looked at it and you were a betting person, hmm. and there was uh, Tim Brooke Taylor and John Wells, and, uh, well, just them for a start, on one end, and it was solo artists who got a number one in the 1980s, and me and Rona Cameron, <laughs> who grew up in the 1980s, you'd think, I'm pretty sure which of those teams will go out with 200. If you were going to bet before mm, Yeah, you certainly would bet on the two 80-year-old men. <laughs> he, did, he did very well. Adam Ant, that was, that, he was lucky with Adam Ant. Well, not lucky, to be fair. Well, correct. <laughs> but he didn't know that it was... He didn't know Adam Ant had had a solo career as well. Well, he said Adam Ant. Or he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know that Adam Ant had been in a band, maybe, let's say. But yes, it was... Uh, I was forced into a corner, Richard. Mm. I was... It's, it's a very... I, I love Pointless. I, li I like it less now than yeah. I did before I was on it. Uh, but it's a very, very clever game because it's, um, you know, I, I, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, they've just taken family fortunes and turned it around. How oh, dare you? That's all they've done. <laughs> and I think that's what you did do, but accidentally you created a very clever uh, quiz. <laughs> because... It's, much, it's easy as a quizzer to come up with the most obvious answer. It's very, you have to know, have a very in-depth knowledge to come up with anything. Yeah, as we discovered yeah. when you were on. But I knew, but I knew too much. That was the, but then it happened, I, I knew, t I had too many. I had to, well, the reason is, the reason is, I was in a difficult position. A, my, I was uh, on the team with a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> That was the first problem, who, when asked for a 1980s solo number one, said to pow. Which is not a solo. I think a lot of people don't realise. It was a good answer. It was a number one. It was 1980s. 
but not a solo, not a solo artist. artist. Carol Decker, of course. Yeah, Carol Decker. Uh, and uh, so then, but then I didn't know. I hadn't really got enough of an idea of what the ballpark was. I didn't know that Michael Jackson would be twenty. It was only twenty-five. That was about the top answer, you know. Yeah. I, so I thought I have to go for something very obscure. Uh, and so, and I should have said Joe Dolce, but I taught myself out. Joe Dolce. What did you say? I forget. I said Brian Ferry, which is a very, very clever answer. <laughs> In so many ways, apart from it being wrong. Yeah, that's a shame. Because... I'll tell you what you should have said. Adam Ant. But then I'd have been in a lot of trouble because Tim uh, Britt Taylor Tim had just Taylor said, had already that. said that. You can't, you can't and then I would have you know, just gone, oh, he's a double idiot. Uh, but uh, no, because it was, I'd work, I, I got so fluffed. I've never been so nervous on TV in my life. And I've done live TV. I've done Celebrity Mastermind, which was nerve-wracking, but not as nerve-wracking. Mm. Uh, and it takes ages to go back and forth. Because you do, you talk to everyone first. Yeah. And then, you, and then you've got to talk to Alexander Armstrong when you're trying to come up and think of your answer. Well, and it's bad enough talking to him at the best of times. <laughs> it is. Let alone and when so, you're concentrating. And the worst thing was I kind of, my voice went, oh, well, I did, I literally did that. I was very, very nervous. So I was trying to think of the answer. And I kind of, I thought, well, I, I couldn't work out if things were definitely 1980s. I couldn't work out if things had definitely got to number one. So I knew that John Lennon had died in 1980. Should have mm-hmm. just said John Lennon. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was trying to be too clever, and I knew that Jealous Guy had got to number one. Yeah, and I was pretty sure that it was Brian Ferry's only number one, okay. which I think it was, but he was part of Roxy Music. Yep. So I knew a lot of facts there, you see. <laughs> so I was very, very clever. I was so you said all of this we had to edit out of the show. You did all of this at the time. <laughs> But we had the other one went out the other day. We had Trevor and Simon on, who, who uh, two heroes of mine, and they come on the first show. They're very big fans of the show, especially Simon. They came on the first show, got knocked out in the first round, and were gutted. And the second show that came on absolutely swept all before them. Yeah. Won the jackpot as well. No pressure, but that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Well, I'm coming. I'm doing it. We're recording it next week, actually. So uh, another comedian special, and I'm on with Robert Webb. So I reckon I've got a chance now because he's probably quite clever, isn't he? If he turns out to be stupid, I'm going to be oh, really... Oh, gutting, wouldn't it? <laughs> if he puts me in the same position. But it's hard. I'm, I'm also, it's a reminder. I play the Pointless app, as we did backstage. Mm-hmm. But I've got Richard to read it out backstage. It was a real kick for me. I can tell you. <laughs> and I, did, I, beat, I got a very good answer on the you Pointless actually, app. You did, didn't you? Yeah, you I got did. an anagram of a castle, <laughs> didn't did, you? I did, I did. Say, say what, the, what the anagram was, see if anyone can work it out. Hot wrinkle. It was a hot wrinkle, yeah. Hot wrinkle. Oh, hot wrinkle. Hot, hot. Okay, anyone got it? Kenilworth, correct. There you go. Kenilworth Castle, three, three points. Uh, so, uh, uh, what were we saying? <laughs> I've got confused, I've got upset. Uh, but you know, it, it, the, the, it's a reminder, that uh, pointless, of, your, of the decaying of my own brain, I think. Because mm. I used to be very good at quizzes and retaining knowledge. And now, when I play it, I just I go, ah. Oh. And then I can't think of a single thing, even more. Well, I like, to, I like to think of the show as basically proving to people about the decaying of their own brain. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's where its success comes from. My own, my own memory has let me down. While we're talking of old people watching Pointless, which is most of your audience, let's face it, uh, is my... Uh, that's what, but that's what, you know, I, I hate Dom Jolly. I hated him before he beat me on Pointless and then went to get the jackpot. But backstage, Dom Jolly said, oh, you know, I've, I don't know anything about this show. It looks rubbish. It's just for students and old people. And, I've, and I was very cross with him, and I thought, well, you'll, be, you'll see. There's no way fate will let you win the game and win the, win the jackpot to add insult to injury. Uh, my mum uh, has been in touch. Good. She's a big That's f- about time, isn't it? It is. <laughs> She, is, she, is she asking you about Loughborough? She, uh, she wasn't mentioned, mentioned Loughborough, though we did talk on the phone about Loughborough because uh, our next door neighbours, Mr and Mrs Allen, uh, came to see the show 40 years on uh, and they're in their 80s now. They quite enjoyed the Lord of the Dance City. It's, there's something for everyone in there. And Claire Allen, their daughter, was my first girlfriend. We used to show each other no uh, our, way. our genitalia. <laughs> so I didn't mention that to, to them. And... Uh, <laughs> Although, uh, although, to be fair, you just have. Uh, yeah, I probably yeah. have. Uh, but, you know, it's an innocent... It was the 1970s. It was an innocent time. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> my mums, uh, they're massive fans. This is the first time they've ever been in touch about uh, my podcast and podcast guests. Uh, and my mum, although I don't... I'm not, I'm not impressed with, with the way she phrases this. Uh, the title of the email is Margaret of Anjou. 
Okay. Uh, I think I am right in saying that Richard Osman said that Margaret of Anjou was the mother of the future Henry VII. She was, in fact, wife of Henry VI and mother of Edward, who died at Tewkesbury, I think. The mother of Henry VII was Margaret Beaufort. <laughs> what have you got to say for yourself? It sounds plausible. It does sound plausible. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the world's leading Margaret of Anjou expert. I'm right. going to be okay. absolutely honest with you. Occasionally, things come up, and I think, yeah, I'm not. I haven't got a lot of stuff on Margaret of Anjou. Right. Uh, she was. She was called Margaret. She was involved with kings. Yeah. One way or another, um, your mum may well be right. She was so. Well, she was kind of proud that she was cleverer than you, but also she's going. He's so clever, and he knows everything about everything. And I didn't want to say to her. There's a load of researchers and he's probably got an earpiece in and someone said he's got his computer there. I didn't want to say there's nothing on that computer, Mum, it's just a prop. Uh, she's actually, that's a, almost always when people say, oh, you've got something wrong and they, they show you the Wikipedia entry <laughs> that tells you've got it wrong. Uh, and you, you can just say, look, just so you know, actually Wikipedia is incorrect. But your, your, your mum might have actually found a, uh, wow. a little weakness there. She'll be, be very, very pleased, but she's a massive fan of the show. So Well, I'm a massive fan of hers. Will you, will you be resigning over the mistake you've made about Margaret Panju? Uh, I... Uh, can make no comment on that at this moment. <laughs> okay. I'll be making a comment tomorrow morning via the BBC. Okay. It is a, it's a terrible thing. But they are. She was, she was very impressive. Why is the? Why do you have a laptop that doesn't is it doesn't have anything on it with you on pointless? Such a good question. Yeah. Such a good question. It well, is. just because it's television, uh, it's quite a wide shot, so you yeah. need something in the shot. And a computer sort of makes it look as if you know what you're talking about. It gives you an air of authority. You're not tempted to just put an actual computer there? You could at least play hearts or something whilst you were waiting for me to give the wrong answer. For a while, they did, they did show occasionally they, they put things on it, but it's just distracting. Right. You know, and also making me look away from everybody. It's not, it's not at the right angle. It wouldn't, right. It would, it's, you know... Couldn't they do some kind of screen like when you go like that and they're doing CSI and stuff where they're moving things around on the screen? Yeah, I'll suggest that. Couldn't they I'll suggest that. <laughs> such, such a good idea. Thank you. That'll I'll tell you what, your mum very much the brains of the family, isn't she? <laughs> She'll be very glad. Did you... Um, so you, I mean, you have the, you did win Heat Magazine's Weird Crush of the year 2001, which is a kind of backhanded compliment. Yeah. It's all right. You can't say weird crush without saying crush, right? <laughs> I think that's unfair. But you are there. There is uh, just looking at the internet generally. I do this generally with uh, my guests. I go to a site called uh, Brit Dirty Brit Confessions, comedy confessions, <laughs> okay. where people put their sexual fantasies up. Right, You've got is, quite a lot this is just on the well. internet generally. If you just search for your name, really? there's quite a lot of kind of dirty things about you. I know. I, you know. I really should stop posting those. <laughs> but these are some that people, comedy fans, have left anonymous, anonymously. Okay. Uh, I want to feel Richard Osman's shapely lips all over my body. Okay, could do that. That's all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Richard Osman's height excites me so much. I just know he has an enormous cock. I want to sit on it and ride him raw. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because she goes from that to complaining about Margaret of Anjou. So... <laughs> well, I never, t I never, never thought I did, and that is just because someone is large. It doesn't mean their genitalia is necessarily large, Richard. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You're quite right. I am quite small. I have very small hands. Uh, sorry, was that was that wasn't a very good example. I don't, and Richard Os Osman has a sort of unearthly and transcendent beauty about mm. him, and he's funny. And I want to have sex with him. <laughs> it's like someone couldn't control themselves. Like they were sort of writing poetry. And then, I don't want to have sex. It's, it's, it's all good stuff. That's nice. It's so. all good stuff. There's lots of there's fan fiction where me and Zander have sex. I've, yeah, there's quite I've, a lot. Certainly, of, I was there. There's yeah. quite. I didn't bother reading. Oh, I have not read any of it. Yeah, no. I've heard about it. I've seen pictures. Yeah. I've seen there's there's like people send illustrations sometimes. I've mocked up of your faces stuck on to. No, naked. just really properly good drawings, Draw like kind of sort of manga esque anime kind of drawings of of Zander. Giving it to me. Right. Is always him giving it to you? Do you ever? No, it's a bit of both. Yeah. A, if, I, if, if I'm honest. If you, if you, I don't know, you may have done this because you were at Cambridge together and, you know. Oh, please. And you worked together. No, let's, let's move on. Uh, 
<laughs> I feel I feel bad about even asking you that. Um, so I've got I've got some I've got this is a, a good question. I meant to ask this question to uh, Sarah Milliken, who was on Desert Island Discs, uh, and I've come up with a new format that you can have. You can I can sell you this format. Okay. It's called Desert Island Dicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not what you think. It's it's you get a guest on every week and you ask them which eight Richards would you take <laughs> to a desert island with you. And you'd be the ideal guest because you are called Richard. That's a really good idea. Uh, and so you'd would I count be... though as one of the Richards? Um, I think you would not count as your so own. So there'd be nine Richards. Yeah, there'd be nine. How nine about Richards. that? Yeah, That's and an like with Desert Island Discs, you just—I'm like the Bible and Shakespeare. You get me. <laughs> you don't just because it'd be embarrassing. Because yeah, everyone yeah, would feel yeah, they had on, to yeah. say me. Yeah. So exactly. I'm, like, I'm not That's saying the first I, on the list. I'm not saying I'm better than the Bible and Shakespeare combined. That is for other people to say, which. What are your eight favourite Richards? Jim, eight favourite Richards. God, this is uh, it's one of those questions that you always want to be asked. It's one of those ones there. Uh, I would say uh, I would say Maidley. Yeah, it's always good. fun. Uh, is this going to be quite a sexist list? There's going to be no women on it. There won't I don't be. Think there are. Uh, yeah, Richard Maidley, uh, Richard Viranc, who uh, was a king of the mountains for many years and Tour de France. Uh, okay. Later done for drugs, like all oh. the uh, like like all of them. But you know, there's a guy who could probably look after you in an emergency. You forgive him. He might have some drugs. And there might be a mountain on the island. <laughs> there might be. Yeah. Uh, which he would be king of. Uh, I would uh, Richard Nixon. Yeah, good. I'm literally, it's this name. Eight Richards, <laughs> it is. Isn't it? It's quite. The game is quite good. It's, can you name eight people called Richard? <laughs> and it's quite hard. Richard Wilson. I don't believe it. No, I think okay. I will. Uh, Richard, so so who have I got so far? You've got Maidley, the King Veronk. of the Mountains, uh, Nixon. Nixon. You've got quite some Wilson. roads in there, Wilson. Uh, Richard, uh, Richie, uh, the late Richie Manick. Oh, yeah. From the Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> He's a I Richard. I didn't think I was ready to laugh about Richie Manick again, but you know, now him just popping up there. <laughs> And just because he liked being around uh, everyone, Cliff Richard. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that would be allowed. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy that. It'd probably uh, be good to have him out on a desert island. Just the yeah, I think as well. so. Um, <laughs> Richie from Five. Okay. <laughs> Richie Neville from Five. Very good. Uh, and, uh, oh God, how many is that? <laughs> That's seven. You've got one more. Uh, I can't believe uh, you've done it. Rick Edwards. Okay, yeah. Because the, he's uh, the same height as me. It'd be nice. Is he? Yeah, we could dominate. He doesn't, he doesn't look that. He doesn't look like he'd be that tall. Edwards. Yeah. Yeah, very tall. Huge cock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Huge cock. Your mum was telling me all about it. She's, uh... <laughs> Your mum doesn't listen to this. I hope does she? She probably will listen uh, to this one because okay. you're on it. So she's going to have a little bit of a surprise after her. <laughs> after her sixty-four. What's how long she been with my dad? She's been with my dad for uh, yeah, sixty-four years. A monogamous mm-hmm. relationship. Sixty-four years. So it's nice to have. Uh, that that's thrown so back in sweet. her face. That's, that's, like, that's like someone believing in Father Christmas. It's so <laughs> it sweet is. that you would think that. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see the two of them listening to that both just looking at each other to raising an eyebrow. <laughs> just saying, oh, are you going to tell them or shall I? <laughs> I did not expect Desert Island. I deliberately did a clean joke. Everyone was expecting it to be rude, and it was. And if you had to choose eight dicks to take actual cocks, no, uh, uh, right. The I did have. I think I might have come in and pitched this to you. I'm not sure if it, you were there, but I had an idea about Deal or No Deal. Okay. Which was that there should be a late night version of it. Yeah. Like in the poker, where you just re-show Deal or No Deal. But you have some mathematicians and statisticians. Some mathematicians. Mathematicians and statisticians. Superstitious mathematicians. uh, They're brilliant with everything apart from the number 13. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, they do like a commentary over the top of whether what Noel Edmonds is saying has any truth to it or not. So he goes, oh, you know, that's 22's come up. That's a very unlucky box. They can go, yes, that is not true. 22 has, on average, come up the same number of times as every other box. That's a trouble. It'd just be that the whole way through. Yeah, that's would, the, but it'd be that's, good. That's the beauty of that because show. Because it, it annoys me that Noel Edmonds starts ascribing magical properties <laughs> to a various good, you know, boxes given, of people. Given, given the prevalence of ISIS in this world, that is a good thing to get annoyed <laughs> it about. It is. Like the curse of the newbie, I would like someone to come back with the statistics. St- st- I can't say statistics. St- statistics. I'd like the st- 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 statistics. <laughs> no, I can't do it either. <laughs> uh, on that, so... Well, the, the statistics are what you'd expect them to be, which is a complete 
you know, yeah, 22 boxes all open randomly and equally. But then they could do it over the last 10 goes or whatever, just to see if there's any, anything with it. And just a sort of so a more logical look, because I love Deal or No Deal. It's a brilliant game. Uh, someone disagreed with me in the audience there about that. Uh, but I think it would... I, I don't like the magical element that Noel Edmonds projects onto. I don't want to get rid of Noel Edmonds. Well, if, you don't believe, if you don't believe in Noel Edmonds... <laughs> But, you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's the only show that I've ever made where I, knew, I absolutely knew from a fact from the first time we ever played it, it would be a hit. You never know with most shows. You absolutely never know. But with that one, the second you play it, you just think people are going to love this, which for a couple of years they did. <laughs> not, so, not so much now, but that's all right. We, uh, it's still, still going, though, right? It is still going, yeah. Amazing. Because I used to watch it all the time, and then I did, I got, there wasn't enough people saying, actually, no, you're wrong about that. There is... No curse of the newbie. Yeah, so number, numbers have no memory. Yeah. No. <laughs> but apart from that, no, it's a very exciting uh, game. Okay, so that's not going to happen either. Uh, well, I, I think it would be the same thing. <laughs> just, no, sorry, I'll take your idea seriously. If but you it's want. like a late but night it, version. It's, I thought you'd like. I came in uh, to Endemol to pitch this. You didn't talk to me, I don't think. I don't know. I, I couldn't remember who I talked to because I, you know, the thing with executives, yeah. I just. Oh, forget did, you them talk, all. did you talk to a young guy wearing a tabard with a broom? <laughs> It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're a TV star, I'd recognise you. Yeah. But when you were just an executive, yeah. it'd just been, I'm like, oh, no, there was a really tall bloke yeah. in there. I might have done that, but you would have been sitting down anyway, so I wouldn't have necessarily noticed. Uh, and uh, there was, they, they said, you could do that. We, we wouldn't let you do it, but if you wanted to do that on your own on the internet, <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> that, well, that's a good note, whoever gave that. And I, and I said, no, I don't want to do that. They, I actually was called in for a meeting. It's like they've done two meetings like that that are basically me taking a joke and it haven't been taken seriously, so I have to go in for a meeting. And That's my other, entire career. And that the other is. one was uh, when I had to go and meet Maurice Gran when I because uh, from he wrote Birds of a Feather and Good Night Sweetheart, and I'd had the idea of doing a remake of Good Night Sweetheart in which a man who was a comedy writer finds a passage back to the set of from now to the set of Good Night Sweetheart. <laughs> and and good. it is a good idea, but sort of, you know, I don't think it's ever going to get made. But I, but I had, to, had to go in for a meeting with Maurice Grant to discuss it. And part of it comes from the fact that I think Goodnight Sweetheart isn't very good and, and is a poorly explored idea. So I had to talk to him about it, going, and he'd read my articles I'd written about it. I said, yeah, the thing is, I mean, I'm sort of a fan of Goodnight Sweetheart <laughs> and I've watched it all, but, you know, it, doesn't, it takes an interesting proposition and doesn't really explore You've it. You've really properly. got to learn how to do a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't say that to him, but that was, the, that was the undercurrent of all. So would you like to make, I'd call it good night, good night, sweetheart, sweetheart. Would, would I like to make, would I yeah. like to go to Morris Grand, buy the rights for <laughs> yeah. good night, sweetheart, off Morris Grand, he so you could he, make that? He said that he doesn't own the rights completely anymore, but he, he reckoned they probably would do it. Um, no. Okay. I would be I'd be in it playing the man who goes back yeah no I can see that that okay. was one, that was one of, if you get like Stuart Lee someone like that maybe okay. is the man that would be interesting no but you could see that couldn't you because of yeah. his timing and all that kind of, he'd be funny no but um, you know what I mean though because you know you're more of the sort of bumbling yeah. uh, one whereas he would he would get in there you know just with that very sharp way he has and just you know with the gags and just get in there and I think be, actually the more I think about it be, I tell you what he'd be very good doing actually is like an acerbic voiceover on deal or no deal <laughs> I might talk to him after this. Good. I'll share the, share the rights him. with him. I'm happy to give him the work. Uh, and this is my other idea. This is my genuine idea that I think is good. Okay. This is a panel show called yep. Intellectuals and Idiots. Yeah. One team is people who went to university, celebrities who went to university, and yep. one team is celebrities who didn't go to university. Mm -hmm. And then they have to compete in various tasks to find out with which is better, the University of Life or the University of Oxbridge. Okay. And that's the game. Is, uh, I, I mean, okay. Uh, who's hosting? Stuart Lee? I think you can see that. I mean, that's, what, that, that's, like, uh, that's quite an old one. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought of it in 1990. That's so. been, yeah, no, it's, for, it's, from, it's from the early 40s. Okay. I think we pitched that, I think we pitched that as, as University Challenged. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, I'll get back to the... Have you got any uh, ideas of how I could get onto proper telly rather than doing this? Well, you're coming back on Pointless Celebrity. I am, for briefly. Which got, that's got six and a half million on Saturday. That's, that's proper, that's kind of Russ Abbott's Madhouse numbers. <laughs> uh, so that's good, isn't that's it? That's what I'm aiming for. Um, no, you have to stop pretending, you have to stop 
saying that things are proper telly these right. days. We have to pretend to be young and say, no, it's, no of course it's YouTube, more, much more important than, uh, than BBC Two. This guy, look at the views this guy got for his, uh, for he was eating lunch and a million people, yeah. a million people have seen it over the last year. And you go, yeah, seven million people watched Country File yesterday. <laughs> and that was about the sheep. <laughs> I'll just carry on doing this and see, if, uh, see where it leads. I yeah, thought, yeah. Yeah, I thought it would have got further than... And this, this is like the 54th one or something. You know, keep at it. Yeah, it's like, but you know, trying. that's the thing. As a, as a, as a TV exec, I'm so jealous of people. <laughs> Whenever you watch those, the history of TV and the history of game shows and stuff, there's always like, um, you know, you get Brucey and say, oh, well, we're doing Generation Game and no one was really watching it. You know, no one watched it. Anyway, we're on the eighth series. You think, <laughs> uh, so no one had watched it for seven series. You won the eight series and ITV went on strike, so there's literally nothing else on television. So 35 million people watched it. And from that moment on, we were fine. And you think, oh, God, like that. Those were the days, weren't they? Literally nothing else on. It would be good, yeah. It was the same happened with uh, Only Fools and Horses, basically, didn't it? Because the, yeah. of the Olympics being cancelled or whatever it was. Not yeah, cancelled. you remember when the Olympics were cancelled? They cancelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't ask me any sports questions next week. If it, if it comes yeah. up with sports, could you just flip it? No, that's flip why... the imaginary computer That's on. why there's no 1983 Olympics, if you look it up. No, <laughs> uh, no, it's exactly that. So many of those shows went forever and ever, no one watching them, and then suddenly industrial action or the Olympics being cancelled. Uh, that time the horse became Pope. You know, those things happen. <laughs> If you had to choose between having a, oh, no, okay. an armpit that dispensed sun cream or a yeah. hand made out of ham, which of those two if things I would you choose? If I had to choose. Yeah, if you had to choose. And you were going to be given one, your hand would be made yeah, of yeah. ham, you could eat it, yeah. but it would, it would, and it would grow back. It would grow back. Yeah. Uh, but if you ate it all, it would take a while to grow back. Or sun cream, uh, just enough sun cream for you and one family member for a year would be produced by your armpit. But and would you have control over it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There'd be well, a, nos- there'd be a well, nozzle. That's not, that's not even a question. It is a, it's a very How good question. How is that a question? That's great. You would have the free sun cream. Would you, though? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who would take a vote in the audience? See who would, who would go for it? Who the... would... Well, I'm done, though. For, who would cheer if you would take the sun cream? Cheer <laughs> they put the lights up slightly as well. This is exciting. <laughs> cheer if you would take whatever the other one... Oh, the ham hand. <laughs> oh, See, fuck ham off. Hand. <laughs> Free ham, free ham on your hand. Yeah, how much ham do you need? Well, not that much. Just a, a hands were a handful. I think, I think um, sun cream is more expensive than ham. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, changing your tune now, aren't you? But it's not always about money, Richard. Well, then it's why about, say then, well, then why say free ham? Because <laughs> it's still free. Because <laughs> it's, it's not about money. Uh, some people we don't go out in the sun that much and really like eating <laughs> so that's that was that, that was is people. true although yeah. can I say genuinely quite a culturally insensitive question <laughs> yes it is but it's, uh, it's an interesting question because is is ham that's been grown out of your own hand would that count as being it tastes exactly like ham and it would look like ham but it's not no pig has died for it it hasn't come from a pig so is it culturally insensitive it might be Jews. Oh, so, oh, so, so you're saying that, that Jews and Muslims would, would eat human flesh <laughs> Their own yeah. I think, flesh. honestly, I, th- I think they've got a prohibition against that as well. <laughs> Their own flesh. I'm no, I'm no theologian. <laughs> All right, how about this one then? So you know, there's a game the, show in Ham Hand versus that was Sun easy, Cream. Well, that was an easy one, I think. Okay. Um, given there was a game show, and which isn't that unlike Deal or No Deal, but is it quite like there was Justin Lee Collins Heads or Tails? Oh, was that one of yours? Absolute no, 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 no. <laughs> Goodness me, no! Absolute zenith of uh, of Deal or No Deal, deal or No Deal ripoffs. There were, there were a lot. We made a few of them, uh, and that was the worst. Yeah, that was the worst. Because I think that was like even a joke on something like Chris Morris, or wasn't it? Someone had done it. Peter Sarafinich had done it as a as a as a sketch, and then it came out with Justin Lee Collins hosting it as well. Yeah, which you know now it takes on a different uh, <laughs> different feeling. Heads or tails, it's your choice. Uh, but one of them's. Uh, still on Fubar Radio, I understand. Is he still going? Yeah, it's fucking hell. Uh, I'm still on Fubar Radio, apparently as well. Uh, but it's, it's me in the past <laughs> being repeated. Uh, okay, try this one. If you had to choose between uh, dating a man who was a six foot tall penis. Who was a six foot yeah. tall penis, all right. 
Just he was a penis, six foot tall, could move around, but was a penis. Yeah. He might wear a suit, shoulders, but he would that be yeah, hiding? Yeah, I, I, I can picture him. Yeah. Or a normal I can, man. I find it very easy to picture him. <laughs> okay. I mean, for you, you're the first person I think I've asked this question. Who that would be? A, you know, the yeah, right height down. for you today. Yeah. So smaller, <laughs> smaller than you. Uh, you're quite tall. I don't know yeah, if yeah, yeah. told you. Yeah, yeah. But you're not the tallest person we've had on here, or you're the equal tallest. Really? Who's that? Uh, Stephen Merchant. Yeah, he's tall. And is Greg lanky, Davies. He's that lanky kid, isn't he? Yeah, Greg's taller than me, actually. Yeah. It's quite something, isn't it? We like having very tall people on here, just to accentuate how that I am not very tall. <laughs> so if you had to choose between a man who was a six-foot penis or an, or, an ordinary man, I would nearly said normal man, and I think that is insulting to six-foot-tall penis people who are listening. Uh, with Instead of a penis, he has a tiny man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in place of that which of the two would you prefer to date so a man who yeah is a six foot penis yeah or a man who has a tiny man yeah instead of a penis instead of a penis I always like that joke when people ask about cock size which they often do especially late in the evenings about the guy who's about to take a girl the very tall guy who's about to take a girl home uh, and he says look before I take you home I need to tell you something uh, I've got a cock the size of a six year old she goes what like that he goes no like that <laughs> Uh, I think that <laughs> I think that a lot of dating sometimes I, th- I think sometimes uh, right I'm going to go with the guy who has the, the man as the penis just, cause he, just because it'd be less embarrassing to be in a restaurant with him That's, do you know yeah, what I mean you, could, yeah, you, you can go to a nice restaurant and people go oh they seem nice because no one knows he's got a tiny man as a penis Yeah. You know, whereas if you're with a six foot penis people are going that was fucking weird when Richard from Pointless came in with that guy who was a, who was a six foot penis wasn't it yeah. Uh, so I think uh, yeah again I think that's that's quite but an easy one but would it be weird if during the date the little penis man pops up from behind the table and starts asking you about pointless or something then they'll go that was weird when that that guy that Richard was with had a tiny man who was a penis who started talking to him hold on if that's a genuine question then there's a possibility you think I would think that wouldn't be weird <laughs> possibly I'd go no that, no that would be fairly That'd be fairly normal, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, that would be weird. Okay. I'll give you that. But but less weird, I think, than sitting and having a conversation <laughs> saying, "Oh, so what university did you go to?" Interesting. <laughs> and I don't know. I think I do think after the first album, I don't think the Killers were quite as uh, quite as good a band. Uh, are you, are you, you're still you're still a penis. You're still a six foot penis. Okay. You would you you wouldn't bring it up though. Would, you, would, would, would you, I bring it up? Would you say? Uh, <laughs> would you ask? At what point do you think you would say in the date? How come you're a six foot penis? Do you say it early on, or go? Do you come from a family of penises? Or well, I think I would know unless it's a unless it's a blind date organised yeah. by a friend and a former friend. You would know. You would know before. You're not going to. You're not going to. Uh, you're, you're not going to hide that on uh, on on Tinder, are you? But you're uh, a friend of mine had a date the other day. She she had a date with a guy from Tinder, and she said he just he was wearing sunglasses. She said she turned up and he was Chinese, and she had no idea. Well, that was quite sweet. <laughs> So it turned out it was very. She'd look around the restaurant for this guy, and there was this Chinese guy, and it was him because yeah. he wore sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. And she was slightly racist. <laughs> hey, not slightly. <laughs> <laughs> I have some questions from uh, some twelve-year-old Welsh boys who uh, who write some questions for me. All right. I have I have no control over these questions. Okay, so you did have control over the last question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Was, that was my question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, so the, the standard's going to drop. A Who are they? These are they real? They are. They are the. They're the friends and son of the Chris Evans, not that one. Who is from Go Faster Stripe? Who makes this uh, podcast? Uh, but Chris Evans, not that one, isn't here today. He's in Wales. Yeah. With his son Ben Evans, uh, and I'll ask you Ben Evans' question. Ben All Evans right. asked the question that made Stephen Fry open up and uh, admit uh, that he'd had a bad year. Uh, huh. and it was a very very uh, moving time so th- you have to be careful with Ben Evans questions okay so this might be the one where what, I finally crack yeah. what was up with Prize Island <laughs> <laughs> that Ben is a terrific question uh, now well that's one of those things it's difficult working in t- I say it's difficult working in telly it's really easy but um, some, sometimes things happen in telly so that was my that was actually my idea I think Prize Island and uh just had a thought of doing a game show where where you don't win a prize. You have to the, the game itself is to is to find the prize. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. It came from that Michael McIntyre joke, which I've always liked. He said, uh, where he said, why do they have a medal ceremony at the 100 metres? Why don't they just have, why don't they hold the gold medal at the end of the track and whoever gets it wins it? And I thought, so I, I thought yeah. we'd do a show based on that and, and, and do it on a kind of tropical island. And as soon as you do that, you think, well, what's the worst that can happen here is we get to go out to a tropical island for, for a few months. And I only went out for a week. It was an island off Mozambique and it was absolutely lovely. It really was. But the show itself, it just didn't have enough. I mean, if you want to know the truth, Ben, and you're 12, you should know the truth. Uh, it didn't have enough money. So it didn't look good enough. And, you know, it was supposed to be like Total Wipeout, which we also make, but it just it, it was a tenth of the price. Right. So it wasn't as good. Yeah. That's a boring answer, isn't it? No, it's good to know but the truth. But I got, I got a free 10 days in Mozambique for it. Zander yeah. was out there for like four months or something with, with Emma Willis. That's nice, isn't it? Not too bad. Yeah, not too shabby. But I'm, I'm glad that's ITV, not BBC, because I don't feel quite so bad about wasting their money, because that's just advertisers. That's true. I don't like having a flop on the BBC, because genuinely, I feel you think that's awful, because yeah. people have paid for it. That's true. So, yeah, we do own those, these shows. We own Pointless. So it's, yes, you do. It's wrong that you make us pay for the app. Uh, <laughs> all profits go back into... Actually, not all profits. <laughs> into your Some pocket. profits <laughs> go back to the BBC. Um, okay. Evan Warburton... Do you get many Evan people... Evan Warburton? Evan Warburton. Warburton. Okay, so he's got like a... All right. I'm just thinking of the surname thing. Yeah. It's, do you get many people joking about your show being called Pointless because there's a double meaning to it? I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> Somebody should. <shouldn't> they? <laughs> they should, because the danger is someone might see that and go, you're thinking, oh, no points. But they could say it's pointless. I can honestly, no I can honestly say... Uh, I. I still, to this day, get about 500 tweets a day saying, that's pointless, your team are pointless. That was a bit of a pointless tweet. Yeah. Um, these celebrities actually are pointless, so the title Pointless Celebrities has an irony you haven't spotted. Uh, people do say, did you not think of that when you came up with the title? You think, what, did we come up with the title Pointless Celebrities and not kind of go, this has a, like a second meaning to it? Um, no, I get, I, I get it an awful lot. Uh, but that's okay. Does it get funnier every time you hear it? It's, I'm going to go surprised to say it gets less funny. Okay. Slightly less funny. Maybe it'll get to a point now where it starts to get really funny again. That is so the think? Stuart Lee philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're still waiting, Stu. <laughs> I think, I mean, I might have talked about this before, but it's like, for me, now, uh, Lord Alan Sugar, on, who goes on yeah. Twitter and is an idiot on Twitter all the time and says stupid things, and people all the time tweet him, you're fired. And then he'll tweet back going, oh, you plonker, do you think I? Oh, no one's ever said this to me? But his reaction makes yeah, it that's much, the funny much thing. funnier. That, so I think a lot of people go on saying it, knowing that they're... I don't think people do it to you with the point of... No, no, because I, I, really, I really, really try and not, respond, not no. respond to that in any way whatsoever. So it becomes to the point where I think, you know, we, everyone should go to Lord Alan Sugar and go, you're fired to it. Oh, definitely. All the time. It's like poor old Gary, Gary Lineker told an anecdote about, um, about uh, doing a poo on the pitch once. And uh, he literally, every single tweet he gets now, someone says, you shut yourself on the pitch. Right. Every single tweet. Do you just think, that, do you see the regret in every tweet he sends back? Yeah, I've, I tweet terrible things. No one remembers. Uh, so, and Nikki Zoi, Zoi, T-S-O-I, Nikki Zoi. Nikki Zoi. Zoi. Nice. Uh, how many years have you been in Pointless? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a nice question. That's a really good question. Uh, five years now. Five years. Five that's years. The to that question. Uh, and hopefully uh, lots more to come. We shall see. Well, after the Margaret of Ennui debacle, we oh. will see whether... It's Margaret of Anjou. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I just, just testing. Just see your mum just shaking her head now. <laughs> said, first the monogamy thing, now Margaret of Ennui. <laughs> Um, and you did a World Cup of Chocolate, which yeah. is my kind of, that's my kind of thing. I like this. So yeah. what, how did I, that work? Yeah, it's good. Well, I picked the 32 most popular chocolate bars that you get in... In um, the world? Well, no, in the, in the UK. So, so It was a kind of misnomer then. News agents chocolate bars. Okay. Do you know what? <laughs> no, all right, it was the an UK. FA Cup of... It FA was an Cup. FA Cup. I called <laughs> it the World Cup. It's brand, it's just branding. Okay. It's just branding. <laughs> like University Challenged, for example. Yeah. That's a good branding. Uh, and so we took the 32 best... Put, I put them in eight groups of four, and everybody voted on Twitter for, for a week. And then we had um, eight winners of those groups, uh, the two winners of each group. So we had quarterfinals, semifinals, and a final. And the final was Twirl against Maltesers. Maltesers, that's... Yeah. Okay, tricky, tricky. 
and I know I remember who won, but I'm happy to, I'm happy to, to, to retake that vote here. Yeah, should we do it? See, see what the, with getting the audience involved? Format. Yeah. <laughs> who would choose? The lights have gone up again. So it's kind of horrific when you see them. <laughs> I imagine it's a similar audience to the pointless audiences, a similar demographic to mine. Uh, who would choose uh, Maltesers? Cheer now. Quite a lot. That's going to be hard yeah, to beat. That is going to be hard but, to beat. But, you know, you've set that level, so if you like Twirl, just yeah, shout a bit louder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who, who would choose Twirl? Oh, I think that was Maltesers in I the room. I think it was. Uh, it was Twirl in the, in the actual World Cup, which just goes to show some, sometimes it's who's best on the day. Yeah. That's the thing. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Twirl won it. But honestly, since, there have been some proper great new chocolate bars coming yeah. out I've got to say the best chocolate bar in my opinion currently and yeah. I've held this opinion for about nine or ten months now which is long quite a long time for a chocolate bar yeah. is the Cadbury's Magnificent Creations oh um, really the popping candy and anyone there's a few there's a few I wasn't as, wasn't as enthusiastic as uh, perhaps Cadbury's would have liked uh, but that I think is the is the is the best chocolate bar out there currently okay. how many bucks it's so I like sweet things I find yeah. it just too I've had, really? it, had it once and I just it was too much for me. so who would win your if, if it were not if it was a Eurovision song contest of chocolate so you've got to vote I like a green and black butterscotch oh, no, come on no come on come on proper chocolate <laughs> you can't you can't do that you can't do that I like the hotel chocolat <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's very difficult, I think, at the moment. Uh, I think Dime Bar is the one. Dime Bar? Yeah. Goodness It's partly because it's, uh, it's only 180 calories. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what people look for on a chocolate yeah, bar. But, that's, yeah. I, but I like butterscotch. That's hence yeah. my, and, and it's got a bit of chocolate on it. Tiny, so nice. tiny, tiny bit of chocolate. And, uh, and it lasts a little while if you suck on it. I think I think it got knocked out in the first round in I the World it. Cup of Chocolate. We did the World Cup of Crisps as well. Did you? It was even more popular, yeah. And what, that was one, the final. What? Can you well guess what the final of that was? We included anything in the crisp bar, so it's not just um, um, monster munch pickled onion. Knocked out in the semi-finals. Oh. Unbelievable! I know they were big, big pre-tournament. They, they were the they were the Brazil of the piece, and it was honestly Twitter went into meltdown when they got knocked out. I like the um, uh, what are they called the square ones. Square crisps. Squares, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smith squares. No, nothing doing. Nothing no. from square. I mean, knocked out in the group. I like salt and vinegar. That's some very... Well, salt and vinegar is the best flavour of yeah. crisps. Everyone knows that. No, the final was, um, was frazzles. Yeah. No, people... Are... <laughs> you, can't, you can't rewrite history, you know. You uh, was frazzles against what's-its. Yeah. See, if you had a ham hand, you could just choose Watsits and have both. Just put your hand under a toaster for a bit. That's yeah, you could, you could do. But um, <laughs> I have to say, in, in that particular fight, I'd vote Watsits, but Frazzles won it. Frazzles right. won it. There's uh, some, some happiness I'm there. Surprised. Frazzles, nah, it's a flash in a pan. It's like cheesy moments. Can I say, I'll say something about crisps, right? Yeah. Is you know again you can get expensive versions of crisps at Marks and all that kind of stuff, uh, and usually they're very very good. There's one type of crisp, one type of crisp where the cheaper the packet is, the better it is. Every every single every single time, the cheaper the version, the tastier they are, and that is um, salt and vinegar chipsticks. Yes. The yeah. cheaper you get, the better. <laughs> yeah. I know we've been there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think you can. That's a, you could uh, start doing a stand up career on that that's pretty good that's that's got as much a reaction as you need for a stand-up yeah I'll give it a observation go. it's good uh we did it on our radio show we tried to find the nation's favorite chew bar and i believe chew bar chew bar like a bar like a chew oh i thought you meant like a musical instrument <laughs> uh, and uh, the winner i think was the stinger bar i think that one is that right anyone remember the what from 1992 <laughs> radio the stinger it's like an orange a green thing with like p pink inside it's a bit like a um, oh my chew knowledge has gone down I don't eat chews anymore what's the yellow one with uh, the refresher. Fr refresher it's a bit like a refresher but it's a bit more sour yeah, there comes a point with your teeth where those are just, yeah. they're just a child of memory aren't they it's gone it's nothing over. you can do it's so nervous it's like climbing a mountain or something yeah. I'll sometimes eat um, 
like uh, sweet cigarettes that, they're n- that are no longer sweet cigarettes. They're just sweet candy sticks. Oh, really? I have the electronic sweet cigarettes these days. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes eat love hearts. Yeah, love hearts are good. And every time, I, as I explained uh, in a previous podcast, every time I go to a motorway service station, I steal one pick, pick and mix from every single one. And for, so by the end of the one. tour, I'm hoping I will have made several hundred pounds worth of... Because they're oh, really expensive. So, so just one, but one from each little I, bin? I know, I just take one station. sweet. Okay. Sometimes two if they're really not looking. I want to see if I get caught and what they do if they catch me. And I'm so cocky about my crime. I'm like a master criminal yeah. who's now taunting. Well, you say that. I'm taunting the pick and mix. Although none, Indu- of these, none of these have gone out yet. So I can still, I took one the other day and thought, oh, I wonder if anyone's been listening to the podcast, they'll see me steal this. Uh, but I'm taunting them now by saying in the podcast that I am doing that and I will continue to do it and you will never catch me, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably, probably had... You know, those motorway service stations, they're really expensive. It's yeah. £1.69 for 100 grams and that's not very much. Like, you used to get like a quarter of a pound of yeah. sweets for two old pence. It'd be so brilliant if you genuinely got caught and arrested yeah, and, taken it and people say and uh, it's like former TV comic Richard Herring uh, in court for you just yeah, think, oh my that's, god that's awful I think it's a win-win situation because if I don't get caught I get loads of free sweets yeah. if I do get caught it'd be really funny to, that I will be if they press charges and I will, ref, I will refuse to I will, they say we'll let you go if you pay or we'll let you go with caution I'll go no I want to <laughs> I am on my way to Loughborough to do a gig it will be very inconvenient I want to be arrested yeah, do that. Because also, you know, who is the criminal, Richard? Is it yeah. me? Or is it Mr. Trebor? Is it their persons for £1.69 for often quite stale sweets? Who makes Pick a Mix? I don't know. But Candy you, King. Hmm? Candy King. Candy King. No, but that's just the, the branded. Who actually makes them? That's a branding phrase. But you know, is it like one company makes all of them? You seem to know a lot about pick and mix at the front there, sir. You were very confident a minute ago, and then Richard Osmond said no. He doesn't even know about the mother of Henry VII, whoever it was. He knows nothing. They're the number one supplier. How do you know so much about it? Are you, uh, from, are you, have you been sent here by the pick and mix people to hear my confession? Because I could just, there could be a policeman in the audience. He could just come and make a, I've confessed. I know that Candy King's mum was Margaret of Angers. I know that. I know that. <laughs> But that's weird, isn't it? Because not, they're not branded at all. So there's a big factory somewhere turning all those sweets that yeah. are very familiar to us, but that are, uh, they're sort of off-brand sweets, aren't they? Yeah, they are a little bit, yeah. You know what I mean? I do. They're kind of, they have like licorice all sorts, but they're not bassets. They're, oh, they are not bassets, my friend. They're not bassets. They are really not. Yeah, so it's very low quality, often slightly stale. Yeah. And so I'm going to say, if I get caught, I'm going to go, I was just testing it to see how stale they were, and they were stale. So like, I'm not going to buy it. Like squeezing a mango in a, in a supermarket. Yeah. And then, and then I say, if you arrest me, I'm going to tell the country that your pick and mix are stale. But now I've said that, again, they have taped evidence that, uh, that I'm lying. But it'd be a great new episode of Sherlock. Wouldn't it? <laughs> That's a Christmas special, isn't it? Right there. <laughs> All right, let me see what else I've got to talk to you about. Because we haven't, the time has been flying by. And the mum's complaint, that was the important thing. Have you heard Helen Arney's song, I Think I'm In Love with Richard Osmond? I have not had that pleasure. Oh, you've got to listen to that, that's good. That's worth okay. checking out. She I'm... thinks she is. To yeah. me, that's uh, it's a bit wishy washy. <laughs> if it, if it, she is, then yeah. fine, I'll give it a listen. I think I am. Fuck you. She's nice, Helen. Come on. <laughs> commit, commit. Yeah. She has just got engaged to. She, I, she's shared my flat in Edinburgh for a week. Yeah. And became engaged in Edinburgh. So Jesus, you're going to have to make your move quick if you're going to. I should do that. Do you know, I, yeah. I just, yeah, just, just who's, she, who's she engaged to? Uh, oh, I should know that because I shared a flat with him in Edinburgh. Oh, lovely guy. <laughs> lovely guy, right? He was a nice guy. Lovely He's guy. A, Stevie, uh, yeah, Stevie John might, James. Might be that. You know. Yeah, the yeah, the big guy, little um, guy. He, you know, he paid. He, he sent me the money for the. Yeah. Flat. I should just. I should just have to. You know, the other day, Andy, Andy Parsons was on my final Fubar show and said, uh, "We're talking because we used to share a flat in Acton in, in 1990." Uh, and he said, of course, we shared a flat in Edinburgh one year. And I went, yeah, that's right. We, <laughs> we certainly did. I just think I don't remember anything. I just think it, it kind of gets blanks from my... my from, that might be a good uh, pointless round. Uh, what? Sorry, what's flat, the round? Flatmates of Rich Tang in Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, you know what? You still Fringe. get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I'm going to go... Oh, this is a good one for me. I'm going to go for Brian Ferry. 
Is there another series of two tribes in the pipeline? There is another series of two tribes in the pipeline, yeah. That's going to do it. about to do 60 more of them. 60? Yeah, that's, 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 lot, that's how it? we operate. We did 30 first time round and 60 this time So round. two tribes, the idea is that people get divided into teams based on their answer to a question. Yeah, based on a yes-no answer. Yeah, yeah, do you believe in ghosts? Are you single? Yeah. All, all that kind do of stuff. Do you believe in ghosts? Good question. Uh, and uh, do you ever... I've only seen it once and I enjoyed it. Well, out of 30 episodes, yeah, you saw I'm it out, once. I'm out. I'm you saw it once. You know what? Every single fucking episode of this I've seen. <laughs> Every one of them. And you've seen one episode of that. Yeah, it's no, that's all right. Probably that's the same, okay. isn't it? Does it ever get to be... I, I'd like to see it like one person against four people or is it always two against three? It's all, yeah, it's always... Um... I'll make it one against four. It'd be brilliant. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> that was the only thing that I thought... You know what would be a good uh, theme tune for Two Tribes? Two Tribes by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Don't know if you thought That's about that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Don't know if you thought about that. Yeah, no one had ever suggested that. Okay. Uh, no, I'd love to. It's too expensive. Yeah. Too expensive. That's telly. If it was ITV, it would be, t- it'd be Two Tribes. <laughs> I could do, I'll do a theme tune for you if you like, that's similar to, but different. I'll do it now if you like. One. There are two tribes, with one of them likes ghosts, one of them doesn't. For example, that's just an example, it changes each time. Who will be the best? Ah, let's wait to find out. Here's your host, Richard Asman. That's really good. And then maybe, <laughs> then maybe a tuba solo and we're in. Yeah. <laughs> You can have that for free. Can you put that in? Can you use that just one week? Yeah. <laughs> I'll there's tell you 60 what, of them. If we ever win a BAFTA, <laughs> I will do that the next week. Okay. Oh, dear. It's hard coming up with questions. We haven't talked that much about Pointless, really. Which, you know, but we, there, is a, there is a long chat with me and, and you and Alexander Armstrong about Pointless on the Apple Store. Oh, so nice to have a little chat with that in here, isn't it? It is. It's all me, me, me with him. He did ruin it. But, you know, are you related to William the Conqueror? No, you are not. No. So, well, everyone is, really. <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's, there's, some, there's some shenanigans going on with his Who Do You Think You Are, don't you think? Yeah. If you go back that far, we're all related to William the Conqueror. Well, we're all related to everyone, because there aren't, it doesn't grow exponentially, doesn't it? If you go back, there would be 100 billion people, so they're all in your own family tree. My problem with family trees is they go back through the, uh, the, the male line, yeah. which is a mistake. Okay. Because probably one in four uh, people don't have the father they think they have. Well, listen, it feels like this whole podcast has been about your mum. But, um... <laughs> so it should go back through the female line, where you're going to be well, pretty you know, certain. Yeah, you're sure. You know, unless there's been a lie and someone said, oh, yes, I am your mum, and it's your, it's your grandma's your mum or something. But they it pretty much, you know what, it's the, usually the other way around, to be fair. It's usually your, gran- your grandma was pretending to be your mum and your mum is your sister, isn't it, when those things happen? Me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you can be dead sure that your mother... So I'm, it infuriates me. I'm going so to start doing my family tree, but I'm, I'm going to do it through the female line, and the male line is an unimportant scene. But I think the trouble is it's almost impossible to do that. That's the point, because of the way records used to be kept. Don't care. The records have to change. All right. <laughs> Very best of luck. Thank I'm you. honestly thinking, I'm only sticking around in show business if to, on the vague chance I get famous enough to go on Who Do You Think You Are? You I'd could definitely get to on, go it. on that. That's what I, but I said that Sarah Milliken had done oh, it the other week. And oh, I, so I said, the only reason I want to get properly on TV and famous again is so I can do. When I say again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is to do that because I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. Yours be amazing. Thanks. <laughs> it might not be. <laughs> I've got one. I've got one famous relative who I already know about. So they they, they could they could go via. Which is also a, a woman actually. So you could actually go via the female Good. line. And that's from. I'm trying to think when, exactly when it's from. But um, she was from Anjou. She's called my auntie Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> We're all related to everyone's related to her eventually. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it would be no, it'd be not, it'd be good to be on that. Do you, do you, uh, Al, well, Al Murray's Oz- related to uh, William Thackeray, of course. Is he? Yeah, but he's he? not going to be on. See, because Oz- yeah, now. unbelievable! What a part timer. Because <laughs> my surname Osman is a, it's it's a Muslim surname. It's a Turkish surname. Oh, is it? Yeah. So so you'd be uh, people going. Uh, yeah, so I get stopped. every time I go to the states, I get stopped and, and questioned. The, despite my, my swarthy Middle Eastern looks, uh, I always get taken into the back room with the guys with the guns, and they question yeah. me. 
but that, just because of the surname. I tried to come up with terrorist atrocities, mainly to stop them happening. Good idea. Um, but also, you know, it'd be fun if one of mine got through. Uh, just be fun to know how that was my idea. If one of yours got through. <laughs> if Al-Qaeda selected one of mine to do it. I've had quite a few good ones. Okay. But I put them out there so that CIA can, or whoever, can get them as well. But it'd be quite good to have, like, a little man hiding inside a gigantic man. You could be like, I'm not saying you. I mean, it could be like they could literally hollow out a real gigantic man and live inside him. Yeah. Or the gigantic man could be a false gigantic man. Yeah. And it's just operated by a small man inside. But if you do that, don't call the giant man Osman because you'll get stopped at the airport. Yeah. So that's that's. The thing I honestly hope out. that the terrorists of the world do think in the way that you do. <laughs> I do. We are. We will be safe if so. Well, actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger does it in Total Recall, doesn't he? Does the same thing. Except he's a gigantic man hiding inside a gigantic woman in ah. Total Recall. Have you seen, do you know, are you a fan of Total Recall? Do you know, I've never, never seen it. But I, the one thing I know about Total Recall is that's the name of Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography, which is, is a very good name, isn't it? It is. And it's also what I don't have when I'm on Pointless. Uh, so. uh, I am looking forward to next week. <laughs> it's going to be so bad if it... Really, you, is there... Can you just... If you knew that failure would actually literally make me die, yeah. would you, in order to save my life, would you just slip me just the first round question, just knowing that that would save my life, or would you know, the, 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 you know, the, your morality of the impeachability... I, I said I wasn't tired today, but I can't fucking form a single word. So, or, if, so if I knew if you for knew a fact you could save that you my would life, die yeah. if I didn't help you out? Yeah. Okay. How, how old are you? For 47. No, I think I'd probably let you go. <laughs> you know, if it was a youngster, if it was a Robert Webb type, I might go, actually. You know, I think he's got more work to do on this world as well, yeah. I think, Robert. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be responsible for the cancellation of Neville's Island. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That's a good point. Uh, so, look, it's been... I mean, if you want to know more about Pointless, you can listen to the, uh, the Apple Store one. There was a, my favourite thing about it was... Uh, there was Bobby Ball, uh, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Ball being asked a question, uh, what w- words ending in son, S-O-N. Is S-O-N, that right? yeah. And then he said Appleson. Yeah. Which meant that uh, Lee Mack, who was a big fan, it came back to him and everyone else had got under 100, so he'd already lost. He'd already gone home. It took him three hours to get there, three yeah. hours to get back just to hear Bobby Ball say Appleson. <laughs> <laughs> but if that had been the correct word, and I watched the clip. The clip is, oh, on, the clip is online because a fan of uh, Busted, whoever it was, McFly, whoever it was, has put up everything, but it doesn't have the end because they all get knocked out. Spoiler alert, they all get knocked out by the final round. Oh, do they? So, so they it just leave it then, they? <laughs> And then it cuts That's back fine. to them singing the song yeah, at the end. Song, yeah. So I don't know how, uh, how Esther Ranson and Terry Wogan did. They started very strongly. Um, they started so strongly that it felt to me like beforehand someone had just said... Just Terry and Esther, we're just going to let you know the first round is words ending in sun. No, some people, some people are just clever. <laughs> they came up with very good one. Well, Horson. 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 Okay, was that Terry? Terry Wogan came yeah, up with there you go. No surprises there. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember. What it did, did, how did they get on? Do you remember how they got on? Terry? Well, in the, in the, in the, in the, the very final, final yeah, yeah, I remember how they got on. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> yeah, I've only, we haven't done 800 of these. I remember every one of them. It was Terry Wogan and Esther Ranson. That's a special moment. Uh, yeah, they, uh, I think they got through to the final. Yeah. They, the, the busted guys were on that show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> and Lee Mack and Bobby Ball. That's right. Yeah, I think they didn't win the jackpot. Okay. But they might have done. Okay. I well, can't remember. If anyone can remember, let me know. Because it was exciting and then it got cut off by the busted fans. Okay. Right, I'll tell you. Well, I'll ask you. Well, have you ever seen a ghost? No. Well, that's which for, team you For a very in. good reason. Why is that? Well, because there aren't any ghosts. Aren't there? Well, because the world would be a very different place if there were ghosts. I mean, that's just... just what if there were just, just some fact. ghosts? Well, six billion people have died. Yeah. The, you know what? At some point, back? one of them would... T- no, well, they're not all going to come back, but right. even if 0.001% of them came yeah. back and decided that instead of actually standing at the bottom of a child's bed in a creaky house, might just come and watch Richard Herring or <laughs> sit on the sofa on the one show. Just go do something. You know, they obviously have a message to get across. I would say do it in the most visible way you can. Honestly, yeah. don't just go F to someone from Liverpool or like a con man from Liverpool. Just turn up somewhere. Turn up at George Clooney's <laughs> wedding, you know, and say something. So I think the world would be a very, very different place. And there's clearly, obviously, there's no evidence there aren't any ghosts because it'd be impossible. It'd be impossible to disprove a negative. Uh, but there would be so much evidence that there were ghosts, so almost endless evidence that there were ghosts. So I'm afraid I refuse to accept that there are. 
Okay. Sorry, not fun, not funny, but but uh, it has some accuracy to it. Have you ever seen uh, a Sasquatch Bigfoot? Sa- have I ever seen one? Yeah. Never seen one. Heard one. Oh, yeah. Heard one. Ran like crazy. You heard uh, one? Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Nepal. Right. Uh, I was on um, K2, if that's in Nepal. It's, it's, it's working. Oh, he's making up. Hold on. Yeah, you're on K2. Yeah. Uh, we were climbing. I don't know if you know the east face of, of K2, <laughs> yeah. which is... Uh, Dangerous at the best of times. Anyway, we're on a snow field. Yeah. There's a there's a quite a shallow snow field that leads, leads up to the um to, to that ridge, and I'm hearing the background just hearing this noise, and I'm thinking it's George who I climb with, yeah. uh, and I go because he's a big lad, George. I so said So I'm hearing over there, and then Jesus, you know what I see coming out of our tent? <laughs> what? George. Right. So he ain't behind me, and George, it's like that. I just go, George, run. So he just ran, ran and ran and ran. And we heard Satchwatch going, but didn't take a photo, nothing. So I heard heard one, heard him, never saw him. Heard one, never saw him. That's quite an answer. I hope that turns up in the tabloids on the week this comes out. That has definitely happened. Uh, (laughs) Thank you very much to my guests. Richard Osman. Thank you. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Richard Osman. The music is by Pess. Uh, Thank you very much to Orange Mark and everyone at the British Comedy Guide and to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre and all the crew of Go Faster Strike who have nothing at all to do with this audio version, apart from possibly George, who works in sound. No, even he has nothing to do with it. It was produced uh, by Dave Cribb, uh, and uh, it's a go faster. All oh, thanks to Chris Evans, not that one as well. It's just because he's not here, but I forgot about him. Uh, it's a go faster stripe fuzz, even though he's not here either. He's fucked off because his wife's having a baby, as if that's more important than comedy. And go and uh, Sky Potato production. Hooray! Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Hey, hope you enjoyed my podcast. If you did, you can make contributions lots of different ways. Why not go to gofasterstrike.com and buy a DVD? gofasterstrike.com slash badges, buy a badge. Ideally, get a monthly subscription of a pound and that will help us to make other stuff and you get lots of benefits as well. Or come and see me on tour at richtown.com slash gigs. Thanks for watching and or listening. See you next time. Bye.